Non-Monogamy Help is a podcast where your questions about open, non-monogamous or polyamorous relationships are answered. Our host, Lola Phoenix, will consult a licensed therapist with over a decade of experience to address your problems. Names and locations have been changed or censored to keep your questions anonymous. You're listening to Non-Monogamy Help, the podcast. Welcome to episode 74 of the Non-Monogamy Help podcast. I'm Lola Phoenix. Please send your questions to nonmonogamyhelp at gmail.com and they'll either be read in the podcast or the column anonymously. If you would like to read the columns and listen to the podcast, you can go to nonmonogamyhelp.com. Subscribe to our newsletter by going to go.nonmonogamyhelp.com forward slash email and follow us on Twitter at nonmonogamyhelp and on Instagram at nonmonogamyhelp. If you would like to support the columns on the podcast, please consider becoming a patron. Even $1 a month supports the daily running of the columns on the podcast. And it just shows me a general vote of support. So I really, really appreciate it. You can do that by going to patreon.com forward slash Lola Phoenix. If you donate $5 or more or your local currency with your name will be read at the end of the podcast with your permission. I'm bumbling on that one. That's fine. Anyway, let's get to this week's discussion question. If this is the first time you're hearing this, every week before I read the letter, I put forth a discussion question that you can use with your friends, partners, or anyone else to get to know them a little bit more. And I also answer it myself briefly to give you a little bit of context. This week's discussion question is, what makes a friend different from a partner to you? So I think this is a really interesting discussion question to have, especially within polyamory, because... I think that a lot of what people grow up with in monogamy encourages people to separate friendships from partnerships, especially when we have words like just friends or more than friends. And a lot of times that comes around the idea of romantic feelings or the idea of that a partner is someone that you feel romantic feelings for or that you have sex with and that isn't necessarily always the case with every single person. So I guess for me, I would hope that my partners would be my friends. Like, I don't really want... I, I, th I would find it really odd to have a partner that wasn't a friend. I think what makes it different is just someone saying that they are my partner or want to be my partner or, or us agreeing that we are partners. And probably, I think, with that would come some expectation of, like, emotional support or a little bit more romance than necessarily would be involved in a friendship. So that's kind of a little bit what the distinction is for me, although I wouldn't necessarily say that someone that I felt romantic for or that I slept with would have to be a partner. Um, it just comes down to how we negotiate that individually. So let me repeat the question again. What makes a friend different from a partner to you? Let's sit to this week's letter. My boyfriend and I have been dating for four months. We get along really well and are working on a committed, fluid, bonded relationship. From the start of our relationship, he explained that he desires a non-monogamous type of relationship. He has been in them in the past in the form of one-night stands or friends with benefits types of situations. I, on the other hand, have only had traditional monogamous relationships, but I am exploring non-monogamy and think it would be something that I'd like to try. Listening to your advice and tips has opened my mind up and given me a lot to think about. My plan is to present my thoughts to him about it this weekend to see, among other things, what non-monogamy looks like to him and explain what I think it would look like to me. On that thought, I've thought a lot about boundaries and rules. With your insight, I realize that setting them are not realistic and I do not plan to set any apart from sexual health rules where we will use protection from now on because I can control that. That said, I wonder about how to approach the subject of friends and family being potential metamors. 
He has jokingly made sexual type remarks in the past about some friends and family members that make me wonder if he would want that. At the time, I told him that he is no longer to do that around me and made me fearful, jealous, and felt disrespectful. Thinking on it now, though, I wonder if I have any say on whether or not he pursues that avenue. Who am I to say? I'm not saying that I would stick around if he does do that, but I can't stop him if he decides to pursue it. His choice. So I'm wondering, how would you approach this or how have others approached it? Before we get to this week's answer, I'm going to quickly plug this episode's sponsor, BetterHelp. Quite often in a lot of my columns and podcasts, I encourage people to seek a polyamory-friendly therapist. For a lot of people looking locally for a therapist who understands polyamory or is willing to talk about it can be impossible or out of their budget. BetterHelp allows you to find therapists online that you can send messages to at any time of the day, and they do offer some financial aid. You can get 10% off of your first month by using the promo code NonMonogamyHelp at checkout or going to BetterHelp.com forward slash help. Let's get to this week's answer. So first and foremost, I feel like friends and family are two different categories. <laughs> Putting them together is a little bit different, especially because people have different relationships with their friends and family. And for most people, friendships are a little bit more tolerable than family because for a lot of people, and this isn't even necessarily myself included, but for a lot of people, family is kind of like something that they don't feel comfortable just getting rid of. And I'm not saying that people feel comfortable just getting rid of their friends, but family is a little bit different in that way and that this is kind of the relationships that they've had for their whole life versus a friendship might be very different to them and how they define it. So I don't think friends and family are kind of in the same category. And I think that you should kind of think about that. The second thing that I would think of is that everyone kind of has their own boundaries around how they feel. I mean, there are some people in monogamous situations where, you know, they break up with someone and then maybe like their cousin or something like that. And that can be awkward, but it is, it really just depends on the family. Like it's so specific and dependent upon the relationships that family members have with each other. I think I would feel weird if my partners dated my family members, not necessarily because I have close relationships with my family, but because I don't. And it would put me in a really awkward position because I don't necessarily want to have to interact with them. So everyone kind of has their own boundaries around that. I think the interesting thing about polyamory that a lot of people don't realize is that Within monogamy, we're kind of sold a narrative that your partner chooses you because you're the best or they choose you for, you know, a very specific, unique kind of snowflakey type of reason. And I'm not saying that that's not true, but, you know, you kind of assume that your partner has, for lack of a better word, good taste. Or you're when basically when you kind of get into a, a polyamorous or a non-monogamous situation, you sort of then see the taste of your partner. And sometimes that makes you go, wow, I didn't necessarily know that you would be interested in someone who, you know, is like this or like that. And because you know your friends and you know your family members, like when your partner is interested in a random stranger and you don't know who they are just yet, and then maybe later on down the line you find out oh, that person isn't that great. Maybe they're kind of however you want to define that. Because you know <laughs> your friends and family members, I think sometimes when people are attracted to them and you're just sort of like, oh, I know about that person. And like, not to say you don't think negatively of your friends, but 
you start to wonder what it is about yourself that maybe your partner was into. You start to wonder. It really questions that idea that like, oh, yes, my partner's into me because I'm the best or that I'm 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 a I'm, I'm a good catch. You start to go, well, what is a good catch? And like, why is my partner interested in me? And if are, the thing for me and maybe I'm being a bit of a dickhead and I fully admit that I could be being a bit of a dickhead. But the thing for me is that I'm going like, oh, is my partner just interested in me because I'm interested in them? It's kind of the thing that kind of rocks me a little bit. So sometimes that is part of the difficulty. It changes the way that we see our partners, especially if they choose people who are not great for them in some way, or it, it kind of makes you wonder like why, like this person is, especially if they're not being treated well and you, it, it's hard for you to just sit back, or at least it's hard for me to just sit back and go, oh, this person is, is not treating you right. Why are you with them? that it can be a really, really difficult thing. And I'm not saying anything bad of your family or, or fr family members or friends. They could be great and you totally understand what your partner sees in them, but that can be an interesting aspect of polyamory. I think it's always worth, when you have kind of a feeling of, oh, I don't know how I feel about this, kind of redefine it as a friendship and see if that changes things. So if your friend was interested in your cousin, and obviously this makes things, family meetings and stuff a little bit more awkward, right? Because a lot of families aren't really understanding of polyamory or, or get it. And, and that, might make, that might make things a little bit more strange if you do have family meetups. But if, you, if your cousin was interested in this person, like then I think you can realize, or if your friend was interested in your cousin, then I think you can realize, is it about the fear that my partner's into somebody else or is it about who I know that somebody else to be so if I had a friend who was interested in somebody and I knew that person probably I don't know in my judgment of them maybe I thought you know they might not be great because I've seen them in other relationships and I might worry for my friend's benefit right then it's less about you know the fact that oh this is a bit weird and more about oh I'm a bit concerned about what this relationship is now all that said that doesn't necessarily mean that you should stop it I think you do have the right kind of mindset which is like can you actually control what he does if he does decide to date family members or friends you can't really control that however what the thing I would say is you can't also promise that you're going to be cool with everything and it's not realistic for him to expect you to just be able to be cool with everything or be comfortable in every situation. The one thing that I say, like I have, there are people who have been really crap to me who I don't want to be around because they've been really crap to me or I don't really care for them. And I'm fine. Like I, I can have partners who date those people. That's fine. The thing that I draw boundaries around is like, look, you can date this person. I don't particularly care for them. So I don't really want to hang out with them. I don't really want to do group dates. I don't really want to do any of that. I, if they're going to be in our shared living space, I would appreciate some, you know, warning so that I can vacate the premises, like things like that. And that's just because I don't want to be around these people. And I have a right to not want to be around those people if that's not, if, if that's something that I don't want. You don't have to just smile and be cool with everything. If You can't promise that. So you can draw those kind of boundaries. You can say, look, you can date whom you like. And I mean, this is exactly the same thing as if you were in a monogamous relationship and you disliked your partner's friends. And that happens sometimes. You're not obligated to like your partner's friends. And you can say like, look, if you want to be friends with these people, I don't particularly care for them. They get on my nerves, whatever it is. 
So if they come around, let me know so I can go out or I, and don't invite me to like group stuff because I don't want to do that kind of thing. And maybe that makes things awkward, but it also makes it awkward for you to have to deal with that. So my approach to that wouldn't necessarily be don't date my family members or don't date my friends. I would just you be honest about how I felt like, yeah, if you if you date my mom, that's going to be weird. <laughs> You know, that that's going to be weird. I'm going to feel weirded out by that. And I can't guarantee that I'm going to be, nobody wants to necessarily break up over something like that, but I'm going to feel weird about that. And just try and take it on a case by case basis rather than making a big leap to everything. And also be willing to question your initial kind of feelings of like, oh, that's weird. Because, you know, if, if I did have a partner who dated a cousin, for example, instead of like my mom or something like that. I think it would be weird. It would definitely be weird at first. But I think that for their happiness, as long as I wasn't like, we weren't all going to big family functions all the time together. And it was, it was weird. I think I could deal with it. So you never, you never know. And it might be that you might initially have some feelings but you don't necessarily always have to listen to your initial feelings about stuff. You can kind of go, okay, I feel this way. Think about it a little bit. Give yourself a little bit of time and don't make rushed decisions about things and see how you feel about it. If you still feel uncomfortable after a while, then that's fine. Like you're allowed to be uncomfortable about stuff and you're allowed to go, mm, don't think so. I think I'm going to nope out of this situation or change your partnership in such a way where you don't live together or however that may be. And that may seem really scary, but the thing that is important to remember is that you have no idea what the future holds. You may think now that putting a boundary around like, okay, you can't date my friends or family members because that would be weird. But you you have no idea what will happen and who, the, who, who he's necessarily going to date. Later on down the line, he may date someone that makes you feel way weirder than any friend or family member could ever make you feel. And you can't really control that. You may foresee some discomfort and maybe like, oh, I want to stop this. Instead of doing that, just go, okay. And don't make promises about, that's one thing that a lot of people do, is that they, especially in polyamory, like you, if you are the partner that is scared of making your partner feel uncomfortable, you are going to want to be like, are you okay? Are you okay? Please tell me that you're okay. Tell me that you're okay. You can't promise all the time to be okay. And even if your partner does kind of put pressure on you to do that for the sake of feeling comfortable themselves, don't give in to that. Don't promise to be okay in every situation. You can't, you can't predict how you're necessarily going to feel in every situation, but you can promise that you'll take a case-by-case -case approach to stuff, that you will try to be respectful of their feelings, and that they and you both, well, you both will be respectful of each other's boundaries around the situation. That is probably the approach that I would take to that. So again, to kind of wrap up, friends and family are, you know, and for most people are very different categories. And so it's it's important not to just lump those together because they are very different categories to a lot of people. Figure out amongst each other how you define those categories and, and what you think about that. Talk about it. The second thing is that it is interesting that within polyamory, the fact that you can see who else your partner chooses can sometimes affect your relationship and, and sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse, sometimes it's it's just interesting to see the choices that your partner choose to make. And it does kind of call into question the narrative that monogamy gives you, which is that your partner has chosen you because you are the best and you have won the race and yada yada. 
And that is really a really interesting thing to experience. The third thing is if you if you want to sit with your discomfort and kind of examine it and think about why it is that you feel the way that you do, it's always good to ask if how would you feel if your friend did this instead of your partner, just because sometimes that takes a little bit of the fear of loss and the fear of sexual competition, a lot of the different things that people experience in polyamory away from that and makes you kind of a little bit calmer about it and makes you rethink it. And then last but not least, you you can't promise that you're going to be happy about every choice. So don't promise that. He, he shouldn't be promising that either. Just try and take it case by case. Try to be willing to, to step back, think about your feelings a bit, not make any quick, harsh judgments. And also don't be afraid to set boundaries around what you're willing to be around because that doesn't that's not necessarily a bad thing. Again, think about it as if you have a partner who um you're monogamous and you have a partner who who has friends that you really don't like. Similar similar boundaries around that. It doesn't mean you have to break up, but it does mean that you kind of have to work around that. So I hope that helps and good luck. Thank you for listening to episode 74 of Non-Monogamy Help. If you want to be awesome, you can donate to our Patreon. Donating $5 or more means your name with your permission will be read at the end of the podcast. This week's current patrons are Laura Boylan, Chris Albury Jones, Juke, Ellen Robertson, Nikki Jones, and James Wartell. If for any reason you cannot become a patron because life happens, if you could take five minutes to log into iTunes, find the podcast, rate, and review it, that would be so helpful. It really helps me get the podcast out there to new people. And if you don't want to write a review and you just want to do a rating, that's also appreciated and just fine. So yeah, if you have five minutes to spare, please do that if you can. That's all for this week. You'll get a new column next Friday and another podcast episode in a fortnight. Thank you again for listening. You've been listening to Non-Monogamy Help. Our music has been provided by Chris Albury-Jones at albury-jones.com. And our podcast art was made by Dom Young at D-O-M-D-U-O-N-G dot com. Thank you again for listening.